Hey, how's it going? This is Kevin Anderson from the Bleak and Review podcast. I hope you're well today. Despite the fact that there's not a regularly scheduled episode of Bleak and Review today, this is mostly because I had a few scheduling conflicts with guests. That should be resolved by next week, so have no fear. Also, I got my second shot of the vaccine and it made me mighty sleepy. No real negative side effects so far, just uh, arm soreness and lethargy. So instead, what we're going to be doing is unlocking the first official episode from the Bleak and Review Patreon of the show Funhinged, in which myself and Hollis Black talk about the insane nightmare that is Doki Doki Literature Club. This is from last fall, and I did release a clip of this a while ago when the episode first came out on the Patreon, but I never released the full episode. And now I think it's a good time to do it because it's, uh, you know, it's us finding out what the show is, figuring out the format and whatnot. But it's also one of the craziest things we've done for the podcast, at least in my experience. Hollis may have a different answer. This is also back when we were calling the show One and a Half Men because we thought that was funny for approximately four episodes. And then we abandoned that title and renamed it Fun Hinged. So, you know, that adds context to why it's called that. And Hollis and I are going to be back with a new episode of Fun Hinged as soon as we can. We just released one last week where we played a little catch-up and talked about season one of the show Invincible. So if you want to check that out, patreon.com slash bleakandreview. That's up there. We were hoping to have our next episode out sooner than it will be, but we found that the game Killer7 that a listener suggested is a... uh, Really weird, complicated, confusing game that also scares us both pretty good. And we wanted to try to get pretty far in the game before we talked about it. And so far, I'm still, I mean, I think Hollis is the same way, but we're both kind of stuck in uh, this pl- this one place. <laughs> and it's terrifying. And there's bathroom confusion. And it's a weird game, and I can't wait to talk about it. But yeah, we delayed it a little bit so we could try to dive in more and try to understand what the fuck is going on with that So that'll be coming out as soon as we've sussed out enough information about it. And like I said, there will be regularly scheduled Bleak and Reviews returning next week. So stay tuned for that. And enjoy this Patreon unlock of Fun Hinged Episode 2, Doki Doki Literature Club. Bye! Hello, everybody. This is Kevin from the One and a Half Men podcast. Thank you for checking out this episode, this first installment of actual reviewing of a thing. In this episode, Hollis and I are talking about Doki Doki Literature Club. It is a game that starts off as one thing and totally turns into something else. And it's one of the most horrific things. Uh, And I can't wait for you to hear this episode. Just a few things to get out of the way up top. This episode contains tons of spoilers for Doki Doki Literature Club. So if it's on your list of things to experience at some point and you don't want it to be spoiled, uh, do not listen to this episode until after you've played the game. If you don't give a shit, then have fun. Listen to it. Also, uh, content warning here, just a little bit. Not that it's anything too excessive, but because of the nature of the game we're talking about, there is several mentions of self-harm and suicide and anxiety and depression and things like that. Mental health stuff. Uh, You'll see why if you keep listening, but I just wanted to put a little content warning at the beginning of this 
in case that's something that you're not interested in hearing right now in your current state. I understand. Also, uh, you're going to be hearing the brand new One and a Half Men theme song written and composed by Hollis Black, our very own Hollis Black. But I want to do a quick shout out here in the intro to my neighbor slash audio musical genius Tyler Sankey for producing the theme song. Uh, he did a very good job. It sounds professional as hell, and we have no business utilizing his talents as such. If you want to check out Tyler, you can find more about his audio wizardry at Tyler Sankey Music on Instagram and Facebook. You can also just check the uh, episode description of this. I'll put it there. And that's all for now. So without further ado, here it is. Episode 2 of One and a Half Men, Doki Doki Literature Club. A proper cup of coffee from a proper copper pot? Is that it? A proper cup of coffee from David Copperfield. Copperfield makes proper coffee in his copper... (laughs) Alright, podcast is over. No, hold on, I got this. Copperfield makes proper coffee in his proper Copperfield copper pot. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Cobblepot makes coffee for David Copperfield. The penguin makes coffee for David Copperfield. The penguin is real. (laughs) The penguin is real. David Copperfield is not. (laughs) David Copplepot. The penguins agree. You just broke me. (laughs) It happened so quickly. I think that's the goal of this podcast is I have to, if you break me with the subject matter, I have to break you on the episode. That's okay. But we'll get to that. I can accept that. that. Yeah. In this cold open here. Uh, uh, yeah, cold open. We did it. Uh, this is uh, episode two of One and a Half Men, the podcast. Yeah. Or is it, is this episode one because it's the first one where we actually do the thing and then the last one was episode zero? Mm, sounds like liberal semantics to me. Mm. <laughs> mm. Of course, I'm Kevin Anderson and the person scoffing at me is... Hollis Black. Oh, That's yeah. Me. Yes. Uh, housemates, media absorbers, friends, enemies... Maybe, probably. Hell yeah. I mean, after, after what I put you through yesterday, probably. Well, I think that was, and we'll get to what we're talking about in just a second, but I think the reason you mostly we did this is because I uh, cock-blocked you several times on my couch recently. That's... Yeah. We don't have to talk about it. Cool. <laughs> cool. <laughs> what a hot one it was this weekend, though. Am I right? Just changing gears effortlessly. Yeah. Man, so we have found, like... Four dead praying mantises yesterday because of this heat wave? Don't care for that. It feels ominous. Yeah. It, it feels like some horror shit is about to happen. Like, for, for people listening outside of Los Angeles, it was record-setting temperatures on the weekend we recorded this episode. Uh, the weekend pre- preceding it, it was 115 degrees in the valley where we were at. And our window AC unit did not do its job. Nope. And uh, a lot of dead praying mantises. Yeah, yeah. Like, enough that, like, I'm pretty sure that a mysterious stranger from our past is going to show up with ominous tidings. Like, what a what a basic piece of foreshadowing that would be in media. It's like, I saw four dead bugs. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, the winds of history are turning. That's, that's a phrase. Yeah, I mean, like, that's how I felt last year whenever, like, there were a million butterflies everywhere. Sure. And it's just like, nah, I've seen movies, like... We're all about to die or some shit. A hundred percent. This is a pretty thing that leads in, into devastation. Well, especially since the, I've lived in this apartment for a year, and the first time I've ever seen a praying mantis anywhere on the property of this building was last week, and then we saw a bunch of them, and then they all fucking died. Like, what, they came here to kill themselves. 
Oh no! Yeah, it's one of Praying those things. Mantis death cult. Yeah, it's, it's it's a very soft version of Damien from the Omen making birds kill themselves or whatever. And what's more, they all had their heads, so not even like a cool sex cult. Yeah, because praying mantises, uh, when you see them without heads, that means at least they fuck. Yeah, they're in the S and M. Yeah, they they take they take they really they really lean into the S on that one. <laughs> <laughs> they 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 snap they be snapping necks and cashing checks, you know. That's, I don't. That's what I've always I said just, about Manti. <laughs> oh, really? Is it Manti? Sure. Who could care? <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was that was ominous. We saw a lot of praying mantis deaths. Uh, got to the point where, I mean, while we were playing this piece of media we're going to be discussing in just a second, that I I literally think we picked the worst possible day to dive into what we dove into this week. Oh, absolutely. Uh, it was sweltering hot. At one point, I remembered that... Uh, Oh yeah, I got all these like essential oils around, and peppermint's good for warding off bugs. But then I used too much, and then I started to feel real weird, and I had to look it up, and I found that like, oh yes, having too much of an essential oil on your body will fuck with you, and that is what's currently happening with you, and that's why you feel a little bit like you're tripping. Yeah, I was from say, peppermint. I was gonna say, yeah. Yo, Hollis be peppermint tripping. <laughs> wait, so wait, like, so when you did that, what did you did you just start feeling like loopy or how, what was going? Yeah, on? like I felt like I was high, like. I think it had to be part, it's definitely part of that, and also there is something to, and we'll get to this in a future episode, what uh, extreme heat can do to your psych, uh, your psychological uh, build, but like I think it was that plus the heat, like, and then the fact that we were playing this fucking nightmare of a game, like, I, I felt like I had the weirdest Sunday I've ever had in my life, <laughs> uh, 100%, and it didn't end there, because after we did the, the deed... I, I got really stoned because I was like, well, I don't want to drink a bunch. I've been drinking a lot this weekend. So I'll just process this by getting really high and watching a cheery movie. And then somehow adding all of those emotions together uh, while stoned and then going to bed when it was still 95 degrees in my bedroom. Uh, I'm surprised I'm still alive. I feel that. Uh, I mean, in the night, like. I, I've played this game before, so it for sure didn't hit me the same way it hit yep. you. <laughs> but it was still just the thing of like, ah, now I feel weird and sleep deprived. And like, it got to the point where the windows were all open and the fan was blasting at full yep. strength on me. Mm. But it wasn't actually cooling me. What, what it was just doing was just reminding me that there is hot air near me. And then I'd occasionally roll to expose the newly sweat-covered part of me. Oh, yeah. Most of my night last night was spent... Uh, uh, it was like... it was. I was like fading in and out of consciousness, being like, well, I'm soaking in my sheets on this side, so I roll the other side of the bed. That, that soak has dried. That sop is clean. And I shall let the... I shall uh, let the, the clean air, sop. Oh, uh, that good clean sop on the left-hand side of the bed. His... Some people have his side of the bed and her side of the bed. I have sop side and boy side. That's how I skate. I, I, I skate sop side. <laughs> yeah, I'm a so I'm soppy footed. <laughs> now, Hollis, you mentioned a game. What game did we play this week? We played Doki Doki Literature Club. We sure did. Now, some people may know about this game. I certainly had heard of it before, but I had never played it. And I had my own theories about what it was, and they were quickly subverted. But we'll get to that. What sure. is the... Uh, how would you break it down for someone who's never heard of it uh, in like an elevator pitch? It. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Um, the spoiler-free elevator pitch is that Doki Doki Literature Club is a visual novel slash dating simulator that takes a hard turn sure. and becomes a horror game. And I would argue 
one of the most interesting postmodern looks at horror to come out in a long while. And after having played it, I would not disagree with you. My initial, because that's what I had heard from you and Nadav and other people in our world who have experienced this, I had mm-hmm. heard that it's a dating sim that goes bananas, basically. And so yes. I assumed that it was going to be a very different kind of horror, though. I thought mm-hmm. it was going to be like... I don't know, part of my brain, maybe this is prejudice, was like, oh, this is going to be some hentai-fueled coke nightmare. Like, it's going to get, it's going to be a lot of fucking octopus dicks and, like, all this stuff. Like, that's where my brain was just kind of situated. Yeah, that's what your friends love to casually talk about. We're all just like, ah, yes, you also played the tentacle fuck horror game. That's what we all like, and we like talking about it in public. That is, I mean, you said that as if it were facetious. (laughs) But motherfuckers be out here talking about shit. (laughs) Uh, and so, yeah, we went into this. It was free on Steam. Yes. Uh, I, I, I believe you can pay 10, du- 10 bucks to get, like, I don't know, bonus content or Yeah, you or can get, like, concept art and, like, uh, the instrumental, like, tracks. Like, you can get the soundtrack and stuff. It's basically just there as a, hey, if you like this, feel free to give us some money. Thanks sure. for your time. And this was, uh, as you were telling me before the recording, this is the first game from this studio, <laughs> full game from this studio. Yeah, well, and to call it a studio is almost disingenuous because it's essentially a guy one man it's a dan salvato is the name of the guy i'm sure that it's called team salvato because i imagine he has other people come in to do like some of the art and like the the music and stuff but like he writes it he does all the stuff yes absolutely and and this and what what a what a breakout first title Yeah, totally. Because, like, going back to what you were saying earlier is uh, how it's, like, an important piece of, like, it's one of the most interesting horror experiences and uh, you've experienced. And Absolutely. Especially that year. I have a different relation to horror where, like, I don't know as much, but I know when it is very effective and fucks with sure. me. Because you saw how I was... Yeah, how, yeah. How well I was not feeling yeah. after playing this. I mean, that's kind of one of the neat things about horror is, like, like it or hate it, like... Good horror is going to affect you. you yeah, know? 100%. And so with that in mind, I think my, my run through was about, with smoke breaks and stuff until it was about six hours. Something so like this that. game can be done in a day if you want to really cram in a lot of nightmares. Yeah, I think the first time I played it, it was on my own. And so since there was no one around to play it with me and I was just... I'm like a pretty quick reader, and so I think it was like four hours. Sure, yeah, and yeah, you were probably because yeah, we were playing it. And there was no one to react at. Yeah, and stuff yeah, like that. we were playing it with me and you, and then my neighbor Tristan was also joining us. Yes. who quickly realized how we spend our days <laughs> as people making a weird podcast. I mean, he was into it, but he was very much like, "Oh, <laughs> once the thing started going down, you know, you know that something's gone wrong." When acid guy is like, y'all are strange. <laughs> Listeners of Bleak and Review will know this neighbor as acid guy. <laughs> um, so we could briefly talk about my run through and your reaction to, because you were having a great time watching me play this for the first time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and you were being very coy about not telling me anything. Uh-huh. Which sucks because I will only play a horror game if somebody's watching with me and I can kind of like be like, what should I do here? What do you think I should do here? And you gave me nothing. Nope. Uh, and so to break it down, uh, the game starts as a very, and for a very long time, a uh, slow burn for sure. It's a, it's one of these dating simulator games, which is a genre that I have actually never participated in. I'm aware that they exist. 
For sure. Uh, and I'm a little creeped out by some of them. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> Which, also correct. Not, I, again, I don't know if that's culturally insensitive, but a game where you as a full-grown adult are pretending to date high school anime girls... Seems weird. I don't know. Not the best. Not not a great look. <laughs> so there was a bit of that going on in the game as you play. Uh, first of all, I made my name motherfucker in that because I, I assumed that would be ripe for comedy throughout. <laughs> and it kind of was. It did chop up the monotony of the first half of the game. Sure, yeah. Because like for, yeah, for the first like two hours, it is maybe even longer. It is just a game about being in a literature club in a high school and like... Trying to make friends with slash woo, like, whatever girl you want to talk to. And it's, like, intentionally, like, real milk toast, real boring yes. to read. Uh, as I probably, I'm sure I mentioned several mm-hmm. times during the, the play, my playthrough was, uh, man, they have said the exact same thing four different ways, and I keep having to read dialogue. Yes. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> Which, I, as you were saying, is kind of a trope of... Yeah, you'll find it in pers- the Persona series, you'll find it in Danganronpa, like, it, almost any Japanese game that has a lot of, like, dialogue going on it's going to be a lot of people being like i feel this way well i know you feel that way but i feel this way well Well, it's interesting that you feel that way i feel this like exactly that over and over where it's like i get it please let's move forward i know this is going to scar me eventually i just want to get there yeah totally but i think that the inclusion of that and the absurd amount of that repetition does kind of make the payoff yeah because it lulls you into a place sure yeah because like, we had several smoke breaks before I even got to, like, the thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> but let's set the scene. Who... And I'm going to remember... Fucking forget all the characters' names over and over. So I'm counting on you to remember I got uh, all of my waifu names. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, who are the uh, four people involved in Doki Doki Literature Club? Okay, so... Main character, yourself. But then you are you're dealing with... The first one you meet is Sayori, who is your childhood neighbor, I believe... She's described as the kind of person that you wouldn't make friends with now, but you've been friends for so long, and so they just kind of stick around. Yep. She's like a kind of a bubbly, cheerful optimist. Kind uh, of an airhead, always sleeps in, forgets to do stuff, is always eating food, always hungry. Yeah, yeah. She's always you know, like running out of the house with like toast hanging out of her mouth, being like, I'm late for school. Like every, <laughs> she's, yeah. she's like that seed in, uh, in They Came Together where Amy Poehler keeps bumbling around and falling down the stairs. It's like, oh, she's so quirky, but you can't help but love her. <laughs> kind of in that vein. And that's Sayori. And that's yes, the yes. first one you meet. She drags you to, you go to school. She convinces you to come join her club after you go... I have an internal monologue of, uh, well, the only club I think I'll join is Anime Club. <laughs> anime Club, obviously. <laughs> uh, and so, then, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so then she introduces you to the club, starting with the president, uh, Monica, spelled with a K. Mm-hmm. Uh, Monica is kind, but there's a weird distance to her. She seems like unusually formal compared to the other characters you Yeah. Meet. You also don't interact with her as much as the others. No. Because like, she's never an option for your uh, the one you want to pursue. No. So, no. But she is the leader of the uh, uh, of the club. Yeah. So then you meet uh, Yuri, who is the oldest. She is uh, shy, purple-haired, into horror. Um, she writes really eloquently and pretentiously. And Natsuki, who is the youngest. She's short. She's pink-haired. She's a Sundari. She's always she's like, Baka, it's not like I wanted you to think I was cute. Oh, I want to hit you so bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, 
What was her name again? God, I already forgot. Natsuki? Natsuki. Okay, like, yeah, that was your wifey. You should know that one. <laughs> hey, man, I just bag him and tag him, baby. Like, I don't even need to know it. <laughs> That's um, what I do. I, I go to little Tokyo, and I bag and tag all those anime body pillows. <laughs> oh, yo, Hollis, yo, when I'm, when I'm playing dating sims, fuck them and chuck them, bro. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> no, that is the, uh, yeah, so you, you kind of get a little bit about all these girls' personalities, and you start uh, 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 the first task, the first time you actually do anything other than click through a bunch of fucking long-winded dialogue about yep. how everyone's fucking cute. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then you have to go home and write a poem. And that's yes. where you can kind of determine which person you want to go for. Uh, I decided to go for Natsuki because I was like, ah, she's angry. That's funny to me. Sure. Uh, uh, and, like, I didn't really put much thought into it. I just figured I should pick a lane and try to play this like somebody... Yeah, min-max it, because it's a video game. I figured if I'm going to play this game, even if it's going to fuck with me, I'm going to play it like someone would play one of these games, which is yeah. I'm going to try to pursue one thing. Totally. And so I, I picked her, and the way... how to, uh, the, uh, the, weird, the weird mechanic, very cute mechanic for how you can do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in order to quote-unquote write a poem, what happens is you get a list of words, and you got to pick 20 words, and basically each word has a value assigned to one of the three girls. So, like, um, Bubblegum would probably go to Natsuki, who is, like, the angry but feisty cute one and all of her poems are very cutesy unless you read deep enough into them to see like there's a sadness there yeah uh if you pick like um morose then that would go to yuri the one who's into horror like ending or or dark or moon or whatever so yeah and then sayuri uh your your bubbly neighbor uh, you can get her with two words. You can either get her with like just like happiness, where it's like it's optimistic, but it's maybe less like super cute. It's less bubblegum cute. And yeah. It's more like just it's more general. Like, it's like wine mom live laugh love energy. Absolutely, um, absolutely. But every now and then you can get her with the word like death or despair, which I didn't run into in my playthrough because I wasn't pursuing my neighbor because you know don't shit where you eat. But but you did mention that while we were playing that, which is an interesting kind of force because when you ever whenever you pick a word, the avatar of the girl who likes that word will bounce up and down. Well, so you know if you yeah. got it. And so yeah, the reason that I knew that was because when I played it, I went for shy horror girl because of course I did. Look I'm into you. horror. Look yeah, at look you. at me. You're the one that knew about this game. <laughs> <laughs> Of course you went for Yuri and her brooding fucking volume of text that we'll get into at some point. Yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, so so we had so, different playthroughs. Yeah. yeah, and so since I was going for her, I found out about it because I would constantly pick either the longest word or like the darkest word. And every now and then it would be like death or suicide or something. And then say Yuri would jump and I'd be like, wait, what the fuck? Why? And that was kind of your first, maybe, maybe your first... Uh, Run in with the uh, eeriness the, of the at game. the hints of what's to come. Yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't experience that, so like I was pretty much my only problem was I kept doing words for Sayori instead of Natsuki. I was just like, yeah, kind of similar. Totally, totally. And uh, I was worried. I was genuinely worried. I was gonna have to fuck the wrong girl. <laughs> Fellas, you have a guy fuck the wrong girl. You have a, you have a bee picking words, and you think that girl gonna like the word sunshine. Turns out another girl likes it. Now you have to sleep with her. You know what I'm saying? I ain't scared of you, motherfuckers. Anyway, that's my Def Jam Doki Doki Literature Club bit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and and so you know this goes on. You bring the poems in. You share your poems with everybody. Yeah. 
which and then you get to read their poetry. Yeah, uh, every girl in question, including Monica, uh, the head of the uh, of the group, mm-hmm. and you. The first couple poems I remember being pretty stand. They weren't anything alarming. Yeah, they were fine. Um, yes, uh, uh, Natsuki's was like monkeys can climb. Uh, Kangaroos can jump. It's like a bunch of examples it's of kind what of beat poetry. Can do. She has kind of a beat poetry. And then she vibe. ends it with humans can try, but that's about all they can do. Very heavy. <laughs> very heavy line for a very banal, meaningless poem before. Yeah. yeah. And then like Yuri's is like kinda of just waxing about like seeing a ghost under the lamp light and the lamp flickers, I flicker back. <laughs> right, and like right. that's that. I don't even really remember Sayuri's first one. Uh, and then Monica's was like weird and a little bit more abstract and avant-garde. It talks about the red, blue, green lights uh, looking through a monitor, uh, and, like isolation. Like it's all very disjointed and yeah, different. It's got a it's got a vibe. The vibe that I thought when I was reading that, it's just so weird and specific. Is M Bison's rant at the end of the Street Fighter movie, where okay. he's like, I, it's, it, to the tune of not like these specific words, but it gave me the energy of like. Like, he's been possessed by the devil, wherever he's like, and I've tasted the flesh of fallen angels, and like, <laughs> I am the wolf, I beheld Satan, like, it kind of, like, there's, there's lots of that energy in it, even though it's more abstract than literally sure. demonic. Sure, sure, sure. But it's, it starts giving you the idea that, oh, this is kind of, Monica's kind of weird. Something's off. And totally. then, to jump ahead a little bit, because this is literally two hours of, of, of this, where we're going through, we're, we're, chatting with all the broads forever <laughs> we're we're reading their poems we're picking words kevin's laughing because one of them said motherfucker oh yeah, yeah. eventually someone's like come on motherfucker in the text box and i'm like oh thank god so the, something funny happened because this is taking <laughs> so long uh and then was about poem two or three is when the big first act shift comes into play uh four technically four okay so yeah you you go for the first three poems and then festival day is approaching like there's going to be a festival at the school all the clubs are going to have little presentations so to try to get people to join literature club they want to set up like a table with like cupcakes and banners and they want to have a poetry reading for the school all very exciting stuff (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. very slice of life anime bullshit but then um well before the poems even get crazy you start learning that your neighbor Sayuri she's starting to feel weird like on one day she doesn't want to show you her poem and or like leaving early from she, yeah and she leaves from the early club. and then you discover that she actually deals with a pretty severe depression very eloquently put too like like as Hollis was saying uh, the slice of life thing I actually want to go back to that real quick just because uh with Natsuki one of the you're reading manga with her if you choose to pursue her and it's very slice of life manga, and it's like referenced a bunch uh, that it's like, oh, this is just like people learning to bake and having conversations about life. And and your character goes like, oh, I grew out of this stuff. And as the player, you're like, yeah, and this feels like that, and I'm fucking bored of it right now. Like, give me something else. And then, uh, so once that comes through, like that's where that kind of ends. And Sayori uh, reveals that she has chronic chronic depression uh, the kind yeah. where she's like i don't want to get out of bed in the morning i don't see the point nothing feels good and it's like oh so your whole bubbly jumping around goofing was like that vibe is a big mask yeah it's all persona and yes. she even like goes on to say like that's part of why she even had to walk away for a bit is because she 
hates herself so deeply that the idea of being cared for, uh, like wrecks her. Yep. Like she can't stand the idea of anyone worrying about her or anything like that. Yes. Because it makes her feel like she's being a burden. Yes. Uh, which relatable. I know mm-hmm. that feeling well. Um, yeah. So then we get to the last day before the festival, the, the weekend, right? Is that yeah, what we're talking yeah, about? yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we get to the weekend. Uh, whoever you've been talking to, you have a cutesy, like, we're putting stuff together for the school, but there's some real date vibes going on. Yeah, in my run-through with Natsuki, we were baking cupcakes, and it was very kawaii. Um, uh-huh. We were, you know, there was a lot of that pervy, like, oh, she gets close, her lip is trembling, and I was like, oh, someone better explode soon. But, uh, and as that happens, you run into Sayori again. Yes, and then she... And Natsuki takes off, and Sayori's like, oh, do you... Kind of the vibe of, like, the vibe I got was, do you like her because I think I like you kind of thing? Totally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she kind of admits that she's always been in love with you, and the question is, do you... Now you are left with the prompt of, you're a great friend, or I love you. And because I was playing as a gamer plays, I was like, well, I'm going to keep my eye on the prize here, despite how obviously suicidal this girl is. And I said that you'll always be one of my best <laughs> friends because, you know, I'm trying to get up in Natsuki's guts. And uh, I'm just trying to lighten the mood. <laughs> uh, because shortly after that uh, choice that I made, uh, she goes. runs off. Yeah, and she then runs off. I believe it's the next day. Yep. You go to school and Sayori isn't there, but her poem is... And if I may, I, yes, I just pulled it up. This is the last poem that Sayori writes. Get out of my head, get out of my head, get out of my head, get out of my head. She does this for about, I would say about 25 get out of my head. Big, big wall of get out of my head text. And then, like, line breaks, get out of my head. Get out of my head before I do what I know is best for you. Get out of my head before I listen to everything she said to me. Get out of my head before I show you how much I love you. Get out of my head before I finish writing this poem. But a poem is never actually finished. It just stops moving. And that is the poem you get when your clearly depressed neighbor doesn't arrive at school that day. So that freaks you out. Yes, as the character. You you go and you check on her. You go to her house and you're like, I can't believe she overslept. And then you open the door. And she's hanging dead by the neck. And for the first time in the game, animation kicks in. Yeah, it has been... That is important to point out, is that it has just been still images that occasionally switch poses and text so far that you click through. Uh There hasn't been any animation. The most animated thing is the text scroll. This scene, it's a black screen saying, well, I guess I should open their door, and I gotta come in. I feel like I'm intrusive, but I'm worried about her. And then just smash cut to... Animated hanging corpse. Yes. Yeah. Very starting. The first time I actually felt like, huh, in the game. Like, it, it wasn't a jump scare, but it was like, oh my god. Yeah, just a sudden tone shift. Yeah. And then, like, yeah, the, the animation starts to glitch out a little bit in the background. Uh, the background is suddenly replaced with an uncaught exception, uh, which is actually, if you ever played any other visual novels and you fucked with, like, something you weren't supposed to... Like, that's the real error code page that you would get oh, like if, if you, you broke were, the game. If you're trying to, like, mod it or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or just, like, if someone put out a game, but they haven't, like, finished debugging it. Sure, sure. And so you get that, like, glitchy glitchy stuff going on while this body's hanging there. And it's, uh, I believe you're just like, oh, my God, I feel sick. And then, like, your character, like, 
blacks out or leaves. Yeah, or you mentioned vomiting and like the opening theme music is playing, but really slow and warped. Oh yeah, the, yeah, that was. <sighs> I will probably do a little drop of the music right here underneath this. Uh, if you can sure. find a way to get that song to me, <laughs> sure. Okay, uh, let me just put a timestamp down on that. And so what happens next? I honestly can't remember because I was so fucking startled. So then you get a game over screen and... Oh, yeah. You lose. Your neighbor killed herself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Bad form. Is it worth pointing out at this point before we move forward that no matter what you pick, that happens? Yeah, so... So, uh... Even if you decide to go for Sayori the whole time, it won't matter because she will say that, like, the act of you loving me hurts... I can't handle this emotion. Uh, I don't deserve to be loved by anyone. And I thought that things would be fine if maybe it would all be solved if we started seeing each other. But no, maybe I just wish it was always back like what it was. Mm-hmm. And it can never be that way. We, you can never return to home. Yeah, regardless of your series of choices. And this is one of those games that has a million save states. And so you want to be like... Oh, oh my god, I want to go back to a previous load and do a different thing. But no matter what you do, you're going to get that ending. Or that mid, mid, midpoint ending. Yeah, although you don't know it yet. Because so what happens then is suddenly the game resets. And it, yes. And it spits you into a new game. Well, it spits you back to, like, the title screen. and You've ostensibly the, lost and you have to restart. Yeah, and the four girls are on the front, except where Sayori was, is now just a block of jumbled pixels. Yes. It's like, there's no longer character model there. It's like a weird mosaic combination of all the other characters. Mm -hmm. It's weird and glitchy looking. And like, new game has been replaced with like, uh, gibberish. Yeah, gibberish essentially. Um, If you wouldn't, if you didn't, if you'd heard literally nothing about this game before, you might think that it was actually broken. You wouldn't necessarily immediately go, this is an intentional move. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so I guess your only option at that point is to start a new game. Yeah. And you do. And then... So then it gives you the same intro, except every time it tries to mention Sayori, uh, her name is replaced with gibberish and like a glitched out character model, almost like an anime girl version of Missing No from Pokemon will show up. That's a great way to describe it. That's perfect. (laughs) Um, And then it just kind of fast forwards you through... And now you're back in Anime Club. Or, literature not Anime Club, club Literature What's Club. What's the name of the game, Hollis? It's not Doki Doki <laughs> Anime Club. <laughs> yes, but you are. You're back in Literature Club, and it's just the other three. Yeah, and it's the same shit all over again. Same text, same conversations. And then you're... But but every now and then, like, something will be off. Like, sure. randomly, like, Monica will appear in front of the text box. Yeah, it just all feels really weird. And, and, and it's, it's that uncanny, not uncanny valley, but that oh, thing. totally of, uncanny. Yeah, okay, I guess that was the right phrase. But it's just, like, a thing of, like, it's just off enough that you feel very unsettled, but it's not overt. Like, it's not, like, jumping out and flashing at you or anything. Yeah, like, my favorite example of it is... Um, Every now and then, the music will suddenly uh, slightly pitch it or slightly uh, change its speed. Yes. And it's just enough that you can kind of know, like, no, I was listening to that music for, like, fucking two hours yeah. on a loop. I noticed that this feels wrong yeah, now. Yeah, it was very apparent, uh, especially because we were playing it on your Bluetooth speaker and stuff. I feel like if we were on laptop speakers, I wouldn't have noticed as much. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, that – and it was always – 
around the time that something eerie was going to happen or like something eerie just happened. Like it's just a thing that just like, you're like, Oh right. This is still happening. Yeah. 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 But you're still going through all the motions of the fucking boring part of the game. Yep. Yep. And the camera is, well, like every now and then just very slightly start to take on a Dutch angle. But yes. Real slowly. Like I real German expressionist angles, the cabinet of Dr. Caligari, etc. I went to film school. I, I work in customer support, uh, but, but 100%. Yeah, like you don't even really notice because like how often are you even paying attention to the background? Totally. And then like when you notice it, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And at this point in the game, you didn't really get any, which bums me out. Mm. Uh, in my run through, I did not experience everything crazy. Hollis will be filling in the gaps. Yeah, so um, this game actually runs on, uh, it picks a state at the beginning and depending on which state it picked, there's like a 30% chance of getting this random jump scare or mm. whatever. Like there are different like scares or anomalies that just will happen on some games and won't happen yeah, on you can, others. You can never be more organic. Yeah. And you can never be prepared for it because it's a completely random thing every time. Yeah. Like, like every time you play it. Yeah. Like the time that I first played it, I noticed on the first day of school that, Oh, in the back of the classroom, there's a poster on the whiteboard and it's just a picture of Sayuri's corpse. That's just, oh, okay, so great. this is all intentional. <laughs> and I think there was, like, what were some of the other ones that we had seen? There was a few other ones, too, right? Um, there was some stuff with eyes, for sure. Oh, yeah, randomly, one of the characters' eyes will just be replaced with a photorealistic eye that is shaking. Yeah, very, like, very subtle, but also, if you notice it, it's very jarring. <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and so we're going. You go through your second, your, you know, your quote unquote second playthrough. Even though you know, at this point, you know that this is part of the game, but it's yeah. still very un- uh, unsettling. I, as a purist, kept trying to pursue uh, Natsuki uh, uh, because I was like, well, I want to, you know, pick a lane and see like that. Which I don't know. I don't. I don't imagine that I would. I missed too much by doing that. But I probably did yeah. miss some stuff. You, you did, but not a ton. Nothing like that jumps out to me. It's like, right. oh, here's the thing you missed. Like, because <laughs> you are kind of railroaded at this point. Yes. And that's also part of why I felt very comfortable with, like, you going, what do I do? And me being like, Oh, why don't you find out? Yeah, it's, it's because I knew that it didn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter at all. It gives you the illusion of choice. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, I do remember, and it's all a little hazy because it was such a whirlwind of an afternoon and my brain was melting because of the 150 degree heat. But I was still, what What were the poems? The poems were getting a lot weirder at this point. Yeah, so, so day one. Um, on the second playthrough. Day one, it was a normal poem. Um, so Yeah, the second day. You get this poem, and it's just a giant wall of text, and I'm going to read it for well, you. And this is Yuri's poem, correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, it's also, the first day, it's normal. You can try and approach Natsuki. The second day, you try to approach Natsuki, but Yuri just pulls you away. Yep. Yuri kind of uh, asserts herself uh, in your sphere, and regardless of how you're, quote-unquote, playing the game, you are now mostly dealing with Yuri. Yeah. And is that true no matter No matter what, what? yes. Okay. Yeah, and, and I didn't notice the first time I played because I you still were, went for yeah, her. Exactly. Uh, but she did, like, 
get to a point where like there would be fights about whether I could hang out with other people and it was like well I mean I chose her but like yeah she is being weird and territorial she starts yelling at Natsuki where the the dialogue also starts changing and being a lot more aggressive and like why don't you fucking kill yourself and shit right or does that come later yeah yeah no that totally does come in in fact even uh, in the first date because like I said like things are randomly getting glitchy people are randomly like speaking in like out of character ways like on your first, like, quote-unquote event with Natsuki before Yuri railroads you, uh, you're sitting there reading manga together, and it's the same as the first time you did it until suddenly her face goes blank, and then big, bold text, she goes, my dad would beat the shit out of me if he knew I was reading these. Yep. And she's like, whoa, yeah. this is, whoa. Yeah, yeah, very, very, very tonally different than what was mm-hmm. going on in your first run-through. And then, second day, you get this poem from Yuri. <clears throat> A rotating wheel, turning an axle, grinding, bolt head, linear gearbox, falling sky, seven holy stakes, a docked ship, a portal to another world, a thin rope tied to a thick rope, a torn harness, parabolic gearbox, expanding universe, time controlled by slipping cogwheels, existence of God, swimming with open water in all directions, drowning, a prayer written in blood, a prayer written in time, devouring snakes with human eyes, a thread connecting all living human eyes, a kaleidoscope of holy stakes, exponential gearbox, a a sky of exploding stars. God disproving the existence of God, a wheel rotating in six dimensions, 40 gears and a ticking clock, a clock that ticks one second for every rotation of the planet, a clock that ticks 40 times every time it ticks every second time, a bolt head of holy stakes tied to the existence of a docked ship in another world, a kaleidoscope of blood written in clocks, a time-devouring prayer connecting to a sky of 40 gears, and open human eyes in all directions, breathing gearbox, breathing bolt head, breathing ship, breathing portal, breathing snakes, breathing God, breathing blood, breathing holy stakes, breathing human eyes, breathing time, breathing prayer, breathing sky, breathing wheel. Kawaii! Yeah, so like, (laughs) things have taken a turn. Yeah, uh, that's, yeah, that's nuts. Uh, And from what I remember from there, you're, I were already, were like, you were submersed in the madness. It's crazy. Yeah. There's no... What has Monica been doing this whole time, by the way? So Monica is... We haven't been talking about how much Monica has been weird. I'd also like to backtrack a little with Monica. Yeah, let's do a little... This is going to be a classic uh, one and a half men Monica backtrack. That's going to be a feature on every... (laughs) It's going to be a feature on every episode. uh, And yes, and let's get into it. Yeah, so even backtracking a little bit, as I mentioned, like Monica, she had like the weirdest poems of anyone in the first act of the game where things were still normal. Yes. But she would just... She would have, like, odd lines in her poetry that made you kind of question things. Like, she she had a poem that started with the line, save me, and then the last line of the poem is, delete her, or load me. Mm-hmm. And she's like, that's, hmm. She also, at one feels point... Feels a little fourth wall breaky. Yeah, there's also one point when she, she always gives you a poetry tip at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, and it's usually like, write what you know, or some bullshit like that. But at one point, I think it's in the first run-through, she goes, uh... You might you never know when you want to go back and change something. So remember to save your game. Wait, what am I even talking about? I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Because like she's like that's obviously a fourth wall break, but she, totally so that is a foreshadowing to the more stuff you're talking about. Totally, and it's like likewise. Like I, I, I was definitely playing into it because I knew where things were going and telling you to save often so you go back to your choices, right. knowing that the moment Siri dies and the game restarts, 
You'll go back to your saves and they're all gone. All gone. All gone. Yeah, no save states at all uh, as soon as the game quote-unquote reboots itself. Mm -hmm. And also Monica has been the only person who seems not thrown off by everyone's vibe. Yeah, she's she's not going crazy, but she is like directly saying like she would like to hang out with you more. And at one point... Now, like, the festival's coming up again. Do you want to help Natsuki or Yuri or Monica with this? And then you're given the three prompts. And your mouse starts moving on its own to Monica. Yeah, no matter what you do, it drags your mouse towards Monica. I even managed to click on another name fast, and it's still still just made it. Yeah, then when you click that one, suddenly the only option became... Just Monica. Yeah. And then you click that, and then the whole screen fills with options to say, just Monica. And then, like, other text boxes are appearing everywhere. Just Monica. Just Monica. Just Monica. Is this a good time to point out the Steam description for the game? Yeah, so the the description of the game is, like, this cutesy, like, you know, come to this uh, literature club, write poetry with cute girls, brief descriptions of everyone. But the, the description of the game is written... By Monica. Yeah, she goes, hi, I'm Monica. I'm the president of the Doki Doki Literature Club. Which is like, oh, that's fun. But then, like, uh-huh. she at one point says something along the lines of, I hope you'll be spending most of your time with me. Because I yeah. am the leader, after all. Uh-huh. Uh, and so that's just something that you could, like, may have read or may not have read before playing the game. But it does kind of lead into this thing where it seems like Monica is trying really hard to focus your attentions on her through game breaks or yeah or you know pitting the other girls against them he sells what is it, what it is what it looks like at the moment totally totally <laughs> uh and then the big yuri moment comes which yeah. you could probably jump to that because that's another big moment yeah so uh yuri gives you another poem uh this one is entirely gibberish with blood on the page and a questionable yellowish stain could be urine, could be drool, could be any number of things. Was honestly the, the blood, last thing on my mind at the, that the point. The blood is the much more distinguishable and like, oh wow, that is a lot of like, oh, your mind is broken and whatever you've written, I don't even fucking, I can't decipher it. Yes. And and so you take that polymer and then is this, I believe this is where... This is when it happens. The uh, big thing happens. She... She tells you that she's obsessed with you and that when you're around her, uh, she she just feels so excited and she wants to crawl into your skin. In fact, remember that pen that you gave her? I actually pleasure myself with that pen. Yeah, she, she like says that. And that's a funny thing, too, is that... Oh, my this... favorite line was, motherfucker, I cut open my skin with that pen you gave me so your oil will be in my blood. Yeah, but she said motherfucker because that was my name and it was still funny. <laughs> It's like, what if it was poop? What if my name was poop while this girl's killing herself for me? (laughs) Uh, uh, But yeah, yeah, so she starts going off the rails. Yeah, and then she asks, you know, do you love me? And And you have an option. You can say yes or no. You went with no because you were still trying to follow that Natsuki I'm a purist. I'm a purist. Uh, In truth, it wouldn't have mattered. I imagine so. Either way, she would have responded the same way, which is by immediately smiling and then stabbing herself multiple times in the stomach. Yeah, big, crazy, wide-eyed smile, and then just, like, produces, like, a butcher knife and just plunges it into her own body three or four times and crumples to the ground. Mm-hmm. And then the most... One of the most upsetting parts of the I game I love this me. part so much. You go, I think go it's so me. clever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, so then... We get like a still shot of like unique art. Uh, her her body 
on the ground, leaning against a chair, her dead eyes kind of looking in your direction. And even though she's dead, she's speaking. But it's all just like, it might as well be Zalgo. Like, it's just bleedy text, like gibberish. Yeah, it's just the text box at the bottom of the screen. You keep clicking it to advance the text, and it continues to just be gibberish over and over and over. And over. And then, and which I found this organically, I feel like you were going to tell me anyway, but eventually there is an option on your bottom uh, bar to skip, which is like, if you want to Which is a feature in like all visual novels. All of these things, you can skip through text. Um, Sometimes you don't have the option to, if it's like a game defining moment. Yeah. If it's a new thing, it's usually to help you avoid anything you've already read. But this time it's like a needed feature. Yeah. In this instance, uh, I can't even imagine how long it would take if somebody didn't do skip because you press skip. And this the, text rolls on for, I don't know, I don't know how many times, how much it was in real time. I would say it was close to a minute and a half to two minutes. Yeah, like full on 60 seconds to 120 seconds, maybe even a little more, honestly. Yeah. Where it's just blood drying on and Yuri's corpse. As gibberish screams across the screen. And the, the time turns from day, slowly fades into night. And back into morning and like, you know, through the windows and to everything. noon into evening For into night. For a whole weekend. Yeah, you, you get to, you spend three days watching a corpse scream in an indecipherable tongue. What a way to put that. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> as, as, the, as the color leaves its eyes and it goes pale and the blood goes from red to brown. And yeah. I, it's real upsetting and, and visceral and I love it. And I wonder, I said this earlier, but I, have you seen any psychopath on YouTube and your, any of your deep dives who's actually gone through? I'm sure clicked? someone has. Somebody's like, every click in Doki Doki Literature Club revealed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's got to be a thing. That, I don't recommend anyone watching that YouTube video because that's... It would be hours. Yeah, hours. it would literally be hours. It would have to be. Um, and honestly, I'm drawing a blank at what happens after that. Is that uh, another end screen? Uh, no. No. Then the next morning, uh, Natsuki comes in. Uh, she goes... You know, hi, motherfucker. Good to see you. <laughs> hey, good motherfucker. Morning. Good morning. Oh, my God. And yeah. she sees Natsuki. And then we get... She sees Yuri's corpse. You, yeah, you, she sees Yuri's corpse. And we get more unique art as she vomits on herself. And we see it. And then she runs away. And then Monica comes in and goes, oh, no. That's a shame. She sure is dead. Oh, no. Were you here all weekend? Oh, this was buggier than I hoped. You know what? Let's just start this over. And then... uh. A, a text command input box appears in the upper left-hand corner of the screen. Delete character file, Yuri. Delete character file, Natsuki. All right, let's start this again. And then we Reset get a new game. Two. And it's just Monica staring at you from inside the classroom. Just her desk. All the other desks are gone. The lone outside member the windows, of the club. There's just like Cosmos. Oh, yeah. And she then explains that, hi, I love you. And uh, I didn't get to be close to you, though. You were always with the others. And it was painful for me, because I'm sure you've probably noticed. uh, They are AIs. They are just scripted characters. I'm alive in here. I know this is a game. And I know that I'm not even talking to you, main character. I'm talking to the person behind the keyboard. I'm talking to you, Kevin. Yup. Definitely did that. Uh, That was a thing that 
I knew it was going to get fourth Wally, but uh-huh. I didn't know it was going to be that kind of fourth Wally. And what the game does is go into your system files. Uh, for me on uh, my PC that we were playing this on, I'm presuming it's just the name associated with my Windows account or whatever. Yes. Something easy to access from system files. And it says, yeah. it's like, motherfucker, or do you go by another name? Like Kevin. Uh-huh. And granted, it was a little, it was a little, ch- it was part of my email address, so it wasn't like just yeah. straight my name. It actually called you like K dot Anderson or something. But uh, I was very mad about that because I specifically made you use your computer because yes. I was excited for that moment. Yes, but uh, still, the that was still alarming. Yeah, because I knew exactly like what that meant. Is like oh, oh you yeah, know the, about me. The game is reading your files. Yes, yes. I mean, likewise. I tried to push us playing on Twitch, partially because I thought, hey, some of you might need, like to see this, but more than that, because if you play while while streaming on Twitch, at some point she'll go, I mean, I'm special to you, aren't I? No, I mean, probably not, right? To you, I'm just an amusement. What we have isn't even private. Even right now, you're showing me off to an audience. Uh-huh. I hope I'm good for all of you. <laughs> yeah, if you were if you were happen to be streaming via Twitch, the game would know that and make note of that. And if you weren't, doesn't come up. Yeah, doesn't come up. Uh, and so now we're just staring with this thing that oddly close to the screen. Also, an animation or a, a still image of Monica we haven't seen, so it's already a little eerier in that. Yeah, way. totally. And she's just talking directly to you, person whose computer this is. Mm-hmm. And I, I've did. I'm in the in the edit of this. I'm going to put a spoiler alert alert at the beginning of the episode because we are yeah. spoiling all the cool shit. But yeah. and then she's basically just going on about. I guess this is the big reveal of what has been happening, which is uh, she has been. Uh, very upset that we, the player, have kept choosing other women to pursue. Women. Other children to pursue. (laughs) And she's been altering their uh, programming to make them... Yeah, she turned up the depression for Sayori so she'd kill herself, and then alright, let's start over. And then she wanted uh, Yuri out of the way, so she's like, alright, I'll just, like, turn up, like, her, like, clingy psychosis that way she just can't handle this and then you'll be too busy fighting natsuki now i can get to know you yes. but instead turn into this so yeah. still fuck it just yeah. get rid of them hi i'm us. here and i love you just monica just monica just monica uh-huh which is a phrase that is triggering for me now yes uh and so during this explanation she kind of talks about how she did it which is a hint for how you beat the game. Yeah. She goes, all you have to do is go into, or like, all I had to do was go into the uh, system files or the, the game files for this download and go into this folder to delete them. Yeah, but you downloaded this on Steam, so it was a little more difficult because we were playing on Steam. So uh-huh. she says, so you got this on Steam, so it's actually what I had to do is I actually had to go through the Steam thing to game preferences and then go into local backup files mm-hmm. and go into the folder that way. That's mm-hmm. how I got rid of them. And then, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's when the big lull comes in. Am I right? Yeah. So, at this point, um, the game will just stay like this. Um, What it'll become is she'll, like, talk at you, and then there will be, like, five minutes of nothing, and then she'll say something else. And there'll be five minutes of silence, and then she'll say something else. Uh, And then if you close the game uh, and reopen it, uh, you don't get the opening screen 
it just opens on her and she's pissed at you for having closed the game because during the moments the game wasn't there, she did not exist. Yeah, that's something that we didn't do in my run through, which I kind of wish we did because I wanted to see that. But yeah, yeah. You, were, you were clearly like tired and broken. So I was like, all right. Let's yeah, just. it was hour six. And I was really like this. We got to do a podcast <laughs> eventually. Mm-hmm. But there was there was stuff that I mean, that's good that we could talk about because people mm-hmm. will experience this in a whole multitude of ways should they choose to look into it. But I love the, the right before all this starts happening is she just goes like, we don't have to talk all the time. Uh, we can just look at each other for a while. Yeah. And she just stares at you. Uh-huh. And then, like, like you said, a couple every couple minutes, she'll just say something random and, and innocuous. Mm-hmm. I don't remember any specific crazy stuff that we saw. Yeah. One she mentioned was like, uh, sometimes I get sad that I have to wear this all the time. You know, like, oh, I, I wish I could wear something else. Hey, you know what? If you want to draw new clothes on me, uh, you can find me on Twitter. This is this is my handle. Nothing not safe for work, please. And like, that's a real handle. Yeah, the the Twitter handle is leads to an account where apparently I don't know if it's kept up to date, but if you <coughs> if you actually send a tasteful uh, re uh, a like re, fan art, yeah, yeah fan so art, repost it and like respond in character and stuff, which it's, is you know just building more of the the I mean just the world of this fucking thing like the layers of it yeah uh, totally. but, but we'll get to the layers of it in a second because basically all we got to do is the hint is there the way you beat the game is you go delete into your system monica. files you go to characters and you delete monica's character file and she uh starts going crazy uh mm-hmm. and starts guilt tripping you saying like i did all this work for you I, I love you how could you do this to me really at this point in the game making you feel fucking crazy uh, yeah. If you're me, at least, or yeah, anyone yeah. playing this for your first time, probably who's been like the invested line, in it. The line that always stuck out to me is, "She goes, you're the most awful person I've ever met." Yeah, I didn't care for that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then I believe the game resets once again. Yeah, reopen, reloading screen. You know, team whatever comes up. Team Salvato. Team Salvato comes mm-hmm. up. You go. Well, I guess I got to see what happens, and you play it one more time, right? Yep. And. I guess I didn't get the right ending in my run through because when I booted it up, it was Monica was gone. Sayori, Yuri, and Natsuki were still there. Mm-hmm. And Sayori, eventually, after you play through a little bit more of the first act, is the new Monica. Yeah, she she reveals that, like, ah, this is just what happens to the president of the literature yeah, club. Yeah, whoever is president of literature club. And then the game this... glitches out and yeah. you get the end credits. Yes, but apparently if you go through, if you have a more <coughs> comprehensive playthrough where you examine... Where you do everyone's paths concurrently by using all of your different saves. Yes, which is seemed like a lot for this, but totally. uh, if you're out there and you're a psycho, you can do that. Yeah, <laughs> no, but and it then you the... just get a straight up happy ending. Yeah, where it's just... Just happy Sayori, right? Yes. Yeah, and that's great, but regardless of your ending, uh, you get that song while the yeah, credits Yeah, yeah. Right? Um, for the whole game, it's been alluded to that Monica practices piano or spare time, and for the first time we get voice... Um, we, she, her voice comes in to say like, Hey, um, sorry about everything Um, I've been working on this song for a while and just trying to get it just right. I hope you like it. And she's been talking about playing piano, learning piano throughout the game too. Mm-hmm. So it is like a callback to a thing. Yeah. And, and also she plays it and it's like a very sweet song. It's a very it's sweet a nice song. song. Uh, but the thing that was eerie to me about it, cause everything in this game after you know, reset number one is eerie sure. as fuck. The thing that made that song very eerie to me is one, you haven't heard 
voice as much in this game. Maybe once before this. No, never. Not even once. Yeah. No, that's the first voice. I think you hear like some weird muffled shit at one point, but nothing like a clear voice. And also the fact that it sounds like it's being recorded like a podcast in a living room. Like it doesn't sound like clean VO of somebody talking to you. It sounds like somebody like an iPhone voice head yeah or like a bad zoom call or something like you hear the atmosphere of the room and you hear this person's voice who's just been like psychologically tormenting you going oh hi hi it's it's me you know and Mm -hmm. here's the song I wrote and that was like the last thing where I was like they got me one more time (laughs) (laughs) and then the game's over yeah and uh apparently you have to if you open the game further beyond that it just crashes or whatever yeah, from now on, if you open the game, it crashes. The only way to play it now is you have to fully delete and reinstall the game. And that is just one more layer to it. That's great. And what do you think? Should we take a quick break before we go into uh, deep lore slash uh, per- my personal hell and, yeah. and recommendations? Sounds good. All right, we'll be back. Uh, we'll be back. <laughs> And we're back here on One and a Half Men, still talking about the nightmare that was Doki Doki Literature Club. Waka waka. Hey, we had a good time. Um, so now, <laughs> now's the part in the episode where uh, we talk about how I feel about this. Yeah. You've played it a bunch before, or you know, a yeah. month, you knew about it before we did this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is something that you, as we've talked about on the, uh, the, the intro episode of the show, this is something that we've been trying to do for some kind of podcast for a while. Yeah. And uh, you got to witness me uh, playing this game. Now, when I was first playing, we were making a lot of jokes. Yeah, it was it was so funny. Going that, to the, the, the Kawhi part of the game. The, the tonal shift, because for the first part of the game, like, it's a lot of, like, joking around. A lot of, like, me occasionally going, oh, that's interesting. I'll tell you why later. Yeah, and so um, I just have to just be like, cool, I guess that will pay off eventually. And I'm uh-huh. just sitting here roasting, you know, the dumb dialogue or laughing at any time they say motherfucker because it's my name. Yeah, and I'm occasionally like having to defend the game by being like, look, I know, <laughs> I know it's bad, but trust me, it's like this on purpose. It's going to pay off in the long run. Absolutely. And uh, in my playthrough, I definitely... I start by stressing that I'm not uh, somebody who seeks out this kind of media often. That's definitely more Hollis's bag. Yep. Although I do appreciate it when it's good, as I think I mentioned earlier. And I know this game was good because uh, it fucked up my whole night. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Uh, there was a lot of personal reasons why. Uh, namely that Sayori's arc uh, and her chronic depression uh, remind me of somebody from my past who had similar things. Who I don't know how they're doing now. We don't yeah. have to get into that at all because this is ostensibly a comedy show. Um, <laughs> but oh, like, even aside from that, like, I went into this going like, "Yeah, but it's a fucking dating sim, so I'm not going to actually like. I might be like jarred by visuals, but I'm not going to feel anything for any of the characters." Yeah, and that is not what happened. No, no. It's... I genuinely started being like, "Oh my god, like, what the fuck? Like, how do I, how do I make?" this okay like how do i save them you, yeah how, how many times did i tell you like okay what do i do in this situation if i do this is she gonna do the thing i think she's gonna do is she gonna hang herself and you just be like i don't know motherfucker figure it out and that was the worst part <laughs> uh and i just i just felt like i don't know and like i knew that yeah, once the fourth wall stuff started happening that wasn't like scary in the sense like that i thought it was actually happening of course not it's, yeah it's the game it's a game but I started thinking like, 
the the way that Monica is becomes humanized and starts saying like, look, I'm not actually a character in this game and this is torturous for me. And like the only thing that gives me any joy is like you, cause you're always here. You keep coming back. And like, I'm like, it seems ins- like I just started thinking about like you said, when you close the game and she's mad cause she didn't exist for a while. Like what the fuck does that mean? Mm-hmm. Totally. <laughs> it's very weird. It's kind of like, uh, if I may make a quick aside to doom patrol, a show we just started watching recently. Yeah. Uh, one of the characters this is barely a spoiler. It's the first episode. Um, it's been out. Uh, one of the main characters is a brain inside of a fully functioning robot. And I, while we're watching the show, I catch myself often going like, what the fuck would that be like to have all the faculties of a working brain, but not be able to feel anything? Yeah, no physical stimuli touch whatsoever. Touch anything, taste anything, no pleasure. And that too, there is parallels there between what's going on in this game. And it, yeah, it, it got me absolutely. in that headspace for sure. Oh, interesting. I, I didn't even think about that. Like, yeah. I think, I think it's because we were watching Doom Patrol before totally. I started playing the game that it made itself apparent, but... Yeah, I just felt really, really weird. I didn't feel like, oh, that was the scariest thing ever. I can never watch that again because it's too scary. I, it wasn't, it was a dull, numbing, like, like I didn't, and especially since I didn't get the good ending, like I just felt like, <laughs> oh, okay, so no matter what, like this is just, like pain is going to happen and stuff. Yeah. And it was fucked up. Uh, and I'm curious, uh, as somebody who absorbs this stuff, first I want to ask, what did were you most surprised by in terms of me reacting or anything? Was there anything where you were like, like that, any, anything in my reactions to the game that you thought was not what I was going to do? Or? Um, well, I was surprised by how often you accurately called things. Like you, you called... Well, I know you, and I know what you like. So I assume that these <laughs> things would appear in this game. Yeah, like you, you called that Sayuri was going to kill herself. You called that Natsuki's dad uh, probably abused her and yeah. off of very little um because i think at that point in the game all you gotten was that she didn't keep her manga at home she didn't keep her manga at home there were the thing that really sent me i remember actually that made me think that was when she started talking about how uh she has to eat her dad's cooking and stuff and she's like it's something about how skinny she was and i was like oh i i started thinking like oh she comes from a broken home where i was thinking like deadbeat single father who's drunk all the time or something and yeah. then more clues start coming in and you go, oh, she's abused. And that, of course, you know, that shit's always fucking hard. So, like, that's another part of the... Especially since that was the girl I was pursuing. Totally, totally. <laughs> So I was like, no, but I, I like reading manga with her. Yeah, <laughs> It totally. actually tricked me into caring about these fucking cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, just like likewise, if you pursue if you pursue Yuri, you'll, you'll start to catch wise to the fact that, like, oh, you, you self-harm. Yeah, there's a lot. That is one thing that I'll probably put a content warning on in this episode because we did talk about a lot. There's a lot of self-harm stuff going on yes. in this game, which is uh, also very heavy. And mm-hmm. and then like, but then like, uh, and then just the voice at the end and just everything coming together like for the ending that I got and knowing mm-hmm. that to get the good ending, I would have to go through all of it again. Because I wouldn't be able to experience, I wouldn't be able to backtrack at all. Because the game wouldn't load anymore unless yeah. I deleted it and reinstalled it. Uh, that lack of closure also kind of sent me a little bit. And and uh, I I don't know if you remember but the first thing afterwards. I smoked a cigarette and I was like, "Well, I'm going to go get whiskey." Yep. <laughs> and uh, and then I demanded, I screamed at you, "I get to pick something to watch tonight. I need something cheery." We're watching Eurovision Song Contest for the <laughs> sixth time for me in quarantine. 
Uh, but I am curious, when you first played this, what was your initial reaction to it? Okay, so... I imagine it was quite some time ago. Yeah. this is not, like, brand new. Yeah, I played it pretty shortly after it came out. Um, uh, trudging through the early parts, it was a bit of a slog for me as well. I imagine less of one for me than for you, just because, like, I do have a bit of a patience for tedium and for, well, let's be frank, anime bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, and I was very quick to pick up on the things with Monica, like the the load me stuff like that, because uh, like I've I've always been a very big fan of the Mel Gear Solid series, sure. Um, and oh, I, Psycho Mantis, yeah, yeah. Psycho Mantis, or even uh, the Codec conversation at the end of Mel Gear Two, where suddenly they're going Snake, turn off the PlayStation, yeah, yeah, turn yeah. off the game. Or uh, Eternal Darkness, I think Sanity's Requiem or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, where they mess with the volume, or yeah. they like make you think you lost your save. Yeah, your save files. Anything that does that's something that I think is really cool and would like to experience more horror games like that because I like uh, I like a game. I, I mean, this is psychological horror through and through, like a hundred percent. And that kind of stuff is fascinating to me because it's like, oh, you're not even like confined to the parameters of what a video game is like the, yeah it's essentially like i don't know there's movies about it like the ring and stuff you know where it's like oh it's media totally. that comes and gets you and like or whatever it is just somehow reaches out beyond the screen to fuck with your head or or touch you in some way totally and that's that's the kind of shit i like and that's the kind of, so you kind of were prepped for that going in and you were started picking up on those vibes a little bit yes yes i was picking up on them pretty quickly and then, you know, once the shit started happening, um, unfortunately, I, I didn't get the moment of, like, you're not actually so-and-so. You're Brian, which is what it would have been at the time. Wow, they dead-named uh, you? Yeah, they, the game would have... Canceled! Canceled Doki Doki Literature Club! <laughs> Respect pronouns, fucking weird game! <laughs> <laughs> but, um... But like I didn't get to have that because I'm I'm very boring. Anytime I play a game like this, I always just put my own name sure, in. Sure, sure. So uh, so it just said Brian, regardless. Of. Yeah, but I knew about that from having watched someone else play later. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Um, but I just remember being really impressed by it, uh, and so like my first time playing, and like this is probably how I know I'm broken because mm-hmm. I'm the same way with horror movies as well. Just like if there's a really effective scare. My reaction is to laugh and to smile and be sure. like, whoa, you did it. Good job, yeah, yeah, guys. Yeah. Like, I just get stoked about it. Uh, well, they say the aha moment or the ah moment of a scare is very similar to the ha moment of a joke. Like, it <laughs> is fundamentally the same. It is yeah, the same totally. Thing. Subverting totally. expectations and surprising you in some way. Totally. Yeah. And so, like, whenever the shit just started hitting the fan, I was just smiling the whole time playing it the first time. Like, right. oh, this is great. I love what you're doing here. Uh, and especially when it started getting into that weird, like, fourth wall breaking shit, because I'm fascinated by, well, once again, like, that Mel Gear thing. I'm fascinated with what horror can do in games, because in games, that's one of the only times in which horror can, like, portray itself as, like, unsafe media. Yes. Where the actual piece of media itself is not safe. Mm-hmm. And I like that. I think that's really cool. And, like, you can't really do that the same way with a movie. Like, you can... Yeah, like, you said with, like, The Ring, you can, like, hint at, and like, oh, you'll die in three days if right. you watch this. But, like, the game can't... Like, The Ring can't then turn and go, 
Hollis. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It can't yeah. do that. Where You're watching can't... me on an insignia TV, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then that's the thing is like, yeah, because like, you're talking about Metal Gear, it'll be like, oh, you're playing a lot of uh, Gran Turismo, I see, like just going into your files and fucking with you, yeah, like, like all that shit. Like one of the closest I ever came to that in another piece of like in non-video games was in um, Mark Z. Danielewski's uh, House of Leaves. It's the only time a book ever scared me. I was like 17 or 18 and I was reading it in my room and the way I had the book held, the the book was blocking off my view of the closet. Great. And in the book at the time, Johnny Truant is like in his tattoo shop and suddenly he feels something dark. And then the narrative just breaks and it goes, stop, stop what you're doing. Whatever you do, do not look away from this page. You Jesus. feel it, don't you? You feel it. It's oh. it's it's in like your hair and your fingernails. This 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 phantom feeling. You can't get rid of it. Do not look away from this page. Maybe it's right behind you. Maybe it's behind this very page. And the, I'm just shaking. Like oh, there's the door. closet That's... that I can't look at. And then it's like, yeah, don't look away, or else you will die. Yeah. It will dig its fangs into your ribs. Fuck and all like, of that. Fuck all of that. And, and, yeah, it was great. I love it. <laughs> oh, gosh. So, yeah, you had a much more uh, academic approach to this. I do. I will say for my thing, it was from when Tristan was watching us. One thing that got me through being really uneasy was watching how much it fucked with Tristan more than it fucked with me. Oh, yeah. Tristan, I have at least some kind of baseline for this type of media. Yeah, whereas, like, like, I'm sure I'm not a comfort, because I'm just sitting there silent during the scary parts, because I just want to watch you absorb it, and then occasionally just laughing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I did have have a lot of moments on my playthrough where something would happen, and without even looking at you, I'd just go, fuck you, Hollis. Yeah, (laughs) totally. you were just being fucking gleefully silent. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. Or occasionally just being like, I wonder if Kevin knows that. Hey, you notice anything weird about that character model? Look at her eyes. Check that out. Like, well, thanks. I was just trying to read this gibberish written in satanic scrawl at the bottom. <laughs> um, now, before we get into whether we recommend this or not, uh, this game has a certain amount of lore attached to it. Yes. Very deep divey. We're not going to go too heavy on it. A lot of people on the internet have already done much more comprehensive breakdowns of mm-hmm. this, but... It is worth mentioning, uh, we were talking briefly in my in the run-through in the last segment about how you have to go in and delete Monica's character file to, to end the game. What you don't realize is that if you open that file during the game, those files are changing throughout the yes. whole thing. And there's a lot going on there. And now I will defer to you. Oh, they're gearing up. They're gearing up. Oh, <laughs> uh, starting yes, pistol. Yes. Bing bong. Go. <laughs> yeah, so throughout the game... Um, once you once you hit the breaking point, once Sayuri dies, from then on, um, like if you want to do a deep dive, just always have the Doki Doki literature files open. Because as you're going along, occasionally like random thought, like um, quote unquote poems are being dropped in there. And some of them are just pictures. Some of them are writing. Some of them are like mostly black like crossed out redacted text uh and then if you open the character files uh because like chr is not an actual file extension certainly not um like that's not a thing in other games like character files aren't a thing like that that's not how games actually work but if you open them in notepad um, a lot of them will end up being a uh, base 64 code which you can then run through a translator 
And so you can get a number of things like crazy from, Easter eggs for sure. Yeah, like you can get like a series of reports um, from like very clinical and very medical about this girl named Alyssa who is not doing well, receiving heart palpitations. Her third eye is open, but she can no longer sustain it, and, and she's getting increasingly violent and all this. Um, then another one will be like. Uh, a, a strange image that like it looks just abstract and what is that but then if you invert the colors on it and then pro- project map that project map that image onto a cone and then look at from the top you now get the image of a girl who presumably might be Alyssa yeah, um, Alyssa's kind of the fifth character in this. Uh, well, I mean, New York City is the fifth character in this, but uh, <laughs> the, sixth, the sixth character in this game is this you never see in the game, but it's all a story that is only told through random, whether it's ASCII art, is it ASCII or XI? I don't know. Yeah, ASCII. But you know how people draw fun stuff with, with things. Mm-hmm. Uh, ASCII art, or like Hollis was saying, uh, all these other uh, uh, things that are going on, like in building this fifth character that doesn't even seem to be in the world of Doki Doki Literature Club, but it is tangentially related. Yeah, so that that's the thing, is that, like, when you dive deep, and, like, some of them require using spectrograms. Or one of them, One of them requires uh, taking this block of black and white noise, and you would almost think it's a QR code, but it isn't. What it actually is is it's zeros and ones that then translate into another... Another base 64 code. And then when that's translated, it's a plea from Monica explaining how, you know, we've escaped here and, like, maybe you don't have all the power or else you would have already helped us. But there's got to be something you could do so that what is currently happening does not happen. Yeah, from what I remember and there's, from the, Oh, sorry. And, and then it references the year 2018. And Doki Doki came out in, I want to say, 2016 or 2017. So the implication was that all the characters in this game are actually not meant to be in this game because yes, their character a, models or designs or character codes that have been somehow taken from another game and put into this, and they're, that's why they're becoming sentient and aware that there's something wrong. Yeah, yeah. So the idea was that this, in a weird way, this game was kind of meant to be a teaser for a bigger horror game that Dan Salvato was working on. I just checked on that, and that's no longer the case. Uh, he kind of gave an update to go like, hey, yeah, sorry, like, I am kind of working on a game, but Team Salvato is basically just me, and I've had a really rough mental health year. Oh, and wait, 2020? <laughs> what happened? Well, well, this was in 2018, but oh. it's still the same. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, still I, we've all been rough since 2016. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It has, it's still been America the whole time. Uh-huh. Uh, and yeah, and that, that was we watched that video about that, and that was fascinating, though, because a lot of it ties into, without again, without going too deep into it, a lot of it ties into the book that Yuri's reading, yes. and this whole other, like... Yeah, there's a meta-narrative on top of this narrative. Yeah, which is crazy, and we only bring it up for you to either go, wow, that sounds exhausting, but it's cool that somebody did that or to maybe get more interested and look more into it on your own totally. if, if that's your shit which of course naturally is there anything else you want to say about that no i think that about covers it because honestly that bleeds into the last segment here which is uh do we recommend this to you the listener sure sure but with all an right. asterisk all right oh, you're, oh, oh, oh i i was saying sure to the segment so. oh yeah <laughs> um I recommend this game strongly, but I recommend it in the same way that I recommend BoJack Horseman to people, mm-hmm. where it's a thing of, I think this is really great, 
do not consume this media if you are not in a good headspace. And the game tells you as much, too, which is a thing we didn't even touch on, is that it has a warning at the beginning of the game. It that, does. Uh, if you ha- suffer from severe anxiety or depression or something else, uh, mm-hmm. or, you know, are a child, they basically say, like, anyone under 13 shouldn't this play this. This game may not be safe for you, I yeah. believe is how they word it. And I get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I get it. If you are uh, in a bad headspace, this isn't the game to play to uh, have a good time and relieve your tensions. Uh, go mm-hmm. play fucking Animal Crossing or something. Not knocking Animal Crossing at all. It's beautiful. It's amazing. It's adorable. Uh, this game, you have to know what you're getting yourself into. It's kind of like when someone's like, do you want to watch... And they name drop whatever the most fucked up movie they think they, they know about is like a Serbian film. Oh, watch Irreversible. Yeah, do you like you gotta you gotta know like people want to do that shit and like be like no you gotta do it and be like no don't let people peer pressure you into this shit play it if you feel like you can handle it. Yeah, I mean if you're at this point in the podcast, we've already ruined it. It's too late <laughs> to say this, but it's like <clears throat> it's a game where you gotta know that like rough shit is ahead. But then if you can also go in blind aside from that, like, that's the way to do it. Yeah, uh, it's it's a very specific, a very specific recommendation for me as someone who literally yesterday played it for the first time. And from Hollis, who's absorbed in the lore and, and fan fan society surrounding this. Yeah, for totally, a while. totally. Um, yeah, Doki Doki Literature Club on Steam, probably other places for free. Uh, oh, and you know what? I'm just going to. Hey, it's the first episode. I'm going to go a little crazy with this and throw out a, a secondary thing uh, that could be fun. If you dig this, here's a different thing I recommend oh, that yeah. I haven't spoiled. Yeah, do that. Uh, watch Antrim. It's on Amazon Prime. It's it's a f- sort of found footage film about um, this guy. These two fellows, they, they discover a movie that kills you. A la The Ring, sure. Cigarette Burns, etc. Uh, and they talk about that for a while. And then they proceed to just play the movie. And I remember at the time, I almost turned it off because I was like, you can't fucking build it up like that. Like, right, there's right. no way this movie's going to live up to it. And you know what? I was wrong. I loved it a lot. It manages to really feel like a 70s slow burn horror film. But with that extra layer, go watch Antrim. It's made by like a small indie studio. They deserve your support. Yeah. It's great. Go do that. And, uh, you know, have yourself a whole weekend. Play Doki Doki Literature Club on a Friday. Watch that movie on a Saturday. Kill yourself on a Sunday. (laughs) Uh, And I think that about does it here uh, for the first episode, first real episode of One and a Half Men. Mm -hmm. Uh, I hope y'all learned a little something. Uh, Again, um, if you're listening to this, you are probably on Patreon or, you know, you're uh, at a friend's house who's got a, on the Patreon, so you should subscribe. But uh, we are taking submissions for future ones. This was one of our picks because of, you know, the history we have with this. But we do want to hear from you. What's the shit? It doesn't have to be horror, by the way. No, it doesn't. <laughs> I mean... E- excessive in some regard. Yeah, like, I, w- one that's been pitched to us is Food Wars. So we're going to watch one of the horniest yeah. food animes to ever be made yeah. um, at some point. Uh, one we're going to do is playing the game Call of Cthulhu, like the, the tabletop, um, a friend recommended we watch Enter the Void. Uh, I think at some point we're just going to eat the spiciest chicken wings we can Absolutely. and probably just eat them on the air and yeah. talk about how's this feeling now? Yeah. And the answer will be awful. Yeah. Maybe we may have some episodes where we're just in pain, but then talking about day to day shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, like 
whatever weird experience you want to pitch at us, we are open to all kinds of media. There's no there's no theme. Dark, it just has to be crazy. Dark, light, sexy, horny, passive, you know, all of it. I'm running out of words. Why don't we sign off here? <laughs> right. um, uh, I've been Kevin Anderson. I'm Hollis Black. And this has been One and a Half Men. Now cue the creepy song. Thank you.